so this film, this film is the culmination of a decade's worth of pop culture, a monolithic achievement of some kind, and maybe the cinematic event of the year. We are here, of course, to talk about Tom Hooper's Cats. Here we go! your host Diego Crespo here at the Waffle Press Retrospective. With me is my co-host Matt Garingo. That's me. Naturally, in our episode of uh, Far From Home, where we discussed the new MCU Spider-Man film, we spent a good chunk of time talking about why Cats is one of the most anticipated films ever. Yes. <laughs> at least for us. Well, I think a lot of people are in our boat, honestly. Um, oh. Oh, not you have enough- no idea. Not enough to turn a profit. No, it's perfect. But... It's perfect. Oh, boy. (laughs) I just stole that joke from you, so whatever. But, like, um, yes, Tom Hooper's Cats, the 2019 film adaptation of... You gotta be kidding me. Goodbye, everyone. (laughs) Uh, There's a lot of cat puns in the film itself. I know. (laughs) From the cats. So, I don't I'll give them credit. They waited about ten minutes before doing Look What the Cat Dragged In. I give no one credit ever for anything ever again. (laughs) Oh, I give everyone so much credit for this movie. We are blessed. Matt, what is your history with Cats as a musical? Um, (laughs) well, uh... I had the VHS tape for, like, the 1996 recording. (laughs) Because, like, that was one of, like, seven tapes my mom owned. I don't know why. (laughs) And, uh, that's a version that's, it's, it's weird because it's a version, it's a stage version, but it is not done to an audience. (laughs) So it's like they just filmed the show with no audience, and uh, they trimmed down some of the songs. It's a little shorter. And um, it's a weird musical. <laughs> you think? I don't want to say too much because uh, I want to I hear you talk about it a little bit at some point. Because you're the real uh, canary in the coal mine, I guess. <laughs> so my history with the musical Cats is that I knew of its existence like referentially through other like pop culture the big one was actually earlier this year for the last season of the unbreakable kimmy schmidt a once great television show that was consistently run by tina fey um but there were some highlights in the final season and one of them was an episode devoted to the production of cats where the character titus tries to join the cast of cats and 
there's a revelation about the production. I don't know if you're familiar with this series or that episode. Not, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so in that episode of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, one of the, the co-stars or co-leads of the series, uh, Titus Andromedon, who is like who wants to be like a pop diva actor, performer, discovers that the cast and crew of Cats are all in on a lie. And it's that everyone and anyone can join Cats at any time. You just can't tell anybody that there's nothing actually happening in it. And that anyone from the audience can just run up and partake in the show. And they just keep going back week after week. And that's it. Now, having seen the actual film that it's based on, that play, musical, whatever, I have nothing... Like, legally or officially to tell me that that is not the actual case of the pro- every production of Cats, like, in the history of existence. I well, think everyone made it up. You're not off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was, a, this was a musical. It's the fourth longest-running musical in Broadway history. Uh, this is, I believe, this is Andrew Lloyd Webber's one. They did right before... Phantom of the Opera, which is the one that, like, is the longest-running musical ever. Yeah, I don't... You know, there's so much. (laughs) There is so much. Um, It is based on uh, a book of light poems by T.S. Eliot called uh, Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. (laughs) It's a bunch of poems about cats. And Lloyd Webber was like, I'm gonna make this into a musical and it's it reinvented the Broadway musical <laughs> how um it started it was like the first one that was like this first step in the big production musicals also musicals that weren't like super challenging or deconstructing you know mm-hmm. like I got Sondheim, that sense yeah Sondheim had done a lot of that throughout the 60s and 70s from like company to like Sweeney Todd and this comes along, and it's about cats. And you can literally take anyone to it. Kinda. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't take anyone to this. I would take... I want to see this with a group of people. <laughs> so, um... Should we discuss our theater experiences before... I guess the plot... <laughs> Mine was it. Mine's fairly simple, which is just I was the only one in the theater for the whole movie. Five minutes in, I was laughing so hard I couldn't breathe, <laughs> and I was simultaneously losing my mind. <laughs> I thought the movie was gonna kill me. It slowed down in the middle, <laughs> thankfully, but uh, yeah, it hits you pretty hard right at the start. It's like some horrible nightmare. Like the opening alone with the cat people scurrying around. I'm like, oh, oh my god. god. It's so, it is so <laughs> dramatically miscalculated. And they're all like smiling and giggling, and I'm just like terrified. And like that sinking sensation where you're like, this is a two hour movie. <laughs> and I, I'll talk about the theater itself, it's my local theater. Um, like not even like 10 minutes away from my house, but like, I just need to say that the opening, I couldn't stop laughing and I thought, 
I thought that was going to be me the whole movie. And you're right. It totally slows down at a point. I'm like, okay, now it's just, now it's just like regular bad. But, well, actually, no, no. It, it's <laughs> still very interesting. <laughs> no, it's, it's never not, regular bad. I should reiterate. It's it just, just not boring. constant. <laughs> and I, I'm laughing like I laugh now. And I, I, but I tried to contain and it hurt. It pained me not to be able to let it out with the world. And then I started hearing it. Other like little pockets of people cackling out from corners. But that's not how it started. <laughs> when I got into the theater, it was like, it's the worst theater in, in that, th- or the worst house in that theater, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the back, they shuffled us misfits off to the back together, <laughs> the back room theater. Uh, it could probably fit like maybe 50, 75 people. There was about 17 people in the theater with us. And I know there were 17 because in behind me, a couple seats behind me, I heard a little kid go, mommy, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 people in here. And I was just like, oh boy. <laughs> where this is this could either be horrible or the best thing ever and then this little old couple old man and old woman sat down a couple seats away from me uh mind you everyone i tried to convince to go with me flaked because they were like i don't want to sit through that and i would tell them like, they you missed did. like out. this is a gift <laughs> they missed out <laughs> i so wish i could have sat with people during this like that i knew but it made up for it because the little old lady was, I guess her husband was, like, constantly explaining to him what was happening in the film. So he was, like, jellicles. <laughs> Good fucking luck. <laughs> and then, and he just kept, she just kept explaining everything. And it wasn't obnoxious. I want to reiterate, it wasn't obnoxious. And then... If she, uh, if she was able to do it, she deserves a medal. <laughs> And then there was like a couple people below me. Um, uh, I I don't know. They looked like they just came from the nearby college, and they were constantly giggling, just like I was. And I I part of me wishes I went down there with them just so we could all share the experience. But I think it was better this way. It was just awkward and quiet enough at certain points that made it even funnier when all you heard <laughs> was the little kid counting in the back, the couple to the left of me constantly trying to explain what was happening on screen and the little laughter that popped out every once in a while. Horrified laughter, mind you. Now, I know there were 17 people in there. By the end of this, I think there was less than 10. I remember counting 10, but more people might have left. Not everyone oh, really? made it through. Yeah. Oh, wow. And um... it was a beautiful experience. <laughs> That uh, sounds amazing. Oh, it was perfect. I'm already reading about, like, the... I guess the critic screening is, like, already the stuff of legend. <laughs> and I'm waiting to hear more out of it, because I know some people um, that went to it. And, what, like... Holy shit. This is something... This really is a gift, because there hasn't been a drastic studio miscalculation like this in a while. <laughs> Oh yeah, there have been Beautiful. a lot of bad bad movies in the past couple of years. Um, movies like Jurassic World and like Suicide Squad that are just abysmal, and even like The Book of Henry, which is like a very interesting bad movie, but not like 
Book of Henry has like it, it slows down a lot. It's not that interesting all the time. Um, this one though, top to bottom, you are always going, what what were they thinking? What is happening? Why? Should we note that we recorded Star Wars before this? And it's coming out? Um, no, or no, who no. Who cares? Okay. Who gives a shit? I just wanted to say, because there's another movie we're talking about after this that, uh, or that will be released after this for an episode. Take um, a guess. <laughs> yeah. With uh, severe editing problems where I was constantly just like, mm, why did you do that? And I couldn't keep up with it in Cats. Every time it like a performance would start, and the 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 cat bodies like just start. I, I'm not even gonna say dancing. They were like gyrating aggressively, <laughs> and it was the scariest imagery ever. But it kept cutting to different angles, and so you oh, can't yeah, even never... get like a, a gist of the performance. It's so every decision in this this Tom Hooper is a weird director. Um, he's not, like, pedestrian awful, you know? Yeah. Like, The King's Speech is the movie that beat the social network, so everyone hates it. But it is an incredibly strange film, if you watch it. It's like, he decided to shoot a a period drama like a Terry Gilliam film. (laughs) (laughs) Not a terrible idea, I'll say. Just, like, you know, he's Tom Hooper. Um, I don't know if I would go that far, but... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he then did Les Mis. I think that was his follow-up. And Les Mis is like a gritty, realistic version of a musical that came out of the same era as Cats. <laughs> where it's like super heightened emotions, operatic, you know, master of the house. Like, it's a lot of fun. And instead it's like this super gritty, like, everything's hyper-realistic. We're gonna get... Anne Hathaway lost a lot of weight, so let's give her an Oscar. And, again, very odd decisions, and also a very poorly made musical. That one is just bad and hard to watch. And then he did The Danish Girl, which no one liked. Yeah, I I think I brought it up before, but the uh, director Joe Carnahan, when he was on board for Bad Boys 3, he did, like, years and millions of dollars worth of previs, so I don't know what the fuck they let him go for. But... Uh, one of the previous action sequences, he's like, hey, can we put a billboard of the Danish girl in there? Because I want to blow it up. <laughs> and that previous exists. And I, I want re- to see it. <laughs> I really respect that. I, I do, too. He's he's, he's kind of like Bill Burr for, for us. Or Norman. Uh, who the fuck? Norm MacDonald, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, problematic fave. But like that, I was like, okay, my dude, my guy, let's get a beer sometime. Because that's, that's great. I would do that but if I was making Bad Boys 3. This movie right here is the culmination of every bad instinct Tom Hooper has as a filmmaker. It's all rolled into one. From the editing, from the staging, from the framing, from the lighting, it's, it, it's so fucking bright. To the... What is the the CGI fur? It's fur skin. And if you look on the corners of of the cat's frame sometimes, and like the arms and the legs, 
there are moments when the compositing wasn't finished. And so yes. that gyrating that I was describing, that aggressive gyrating does not track well with the body movements there, of incomplete CGI. So you see lots of human hands. There's parts where the CGI layer clearly drifts off of the human body a little bit. And it makes you go, what? The They can't make a decision over if their clothing is actually a part of their body. Or if they are wearing clothes. Some of them are barefoot. Some of them wear shoes. Some of them, the shoes are part of their body. And it's two hours of this. The scaling is all off. They built sets, which is something I actually really like. The the sets are terrific, to be fair. Well, they they should be. I, I he doesn't use them well at all. There's no, it is not done well. But it it's that thing where it's also wrong that it comes around to being amazing. And I you owe it to yourself to see this movie. Something like this will not happen again for a long time. Bring your friends because you you kind of need them. <laughs> Like literally, where do you even where do we even start? Um, you know, you know where we start <laughs> with the fucking happy Amblin logo. Oh God! Yeah, this is this is another episode of Welcome happy to Happy Amblin. Amblin. Oh my God! <laughs> Spielberg, no, because this was a, this was a pet project of Spielberg. Um, for years, he tried to get this made as an animated film. The talk was they were going to do it and they were just going to animate them all as actual cats. Dude, that sounds sane. Yeah, you know, it's very sane and pedestrian. Um, We'll get into why that ultimately might have been the worst decision. Uh, If you see, look up images from the stage show. It's literally just people in cat costumes. I don't know why you just don't film better versions of that. (laughs) But I guess it would have been hard to talk... uh, James Corden and Taylor Swift into doing tons of cat makeup. Because these are people, but they're cats, and it's kind of blowing my mind. Oh, a lot of shit. I just... I don't understand what the movie's about. Alright, take it away, Diego. (laughs) What happens at the start of this movie? Um, a bunch of gyrating... Half cat, half people mutants <laughs> just uh, gather around a, a a bag that's rustling in the street, and I think they presume it's food. And then a little white cat mutant bursts out of the bag. It's Victoria. How dare you? A Victor- oh, whoa, okay, excuse <laughs> me. I forgot the lore. Um, <laughs> the Victoria bursts out of the bag, and... Immediately, everyone starts kind of dancing and singing along. And Are you blind when you're born? And I guess what that is supposed to represent is, like, rebirth. I guess the idea, if there's an idea in this film, it is about rebirth. Because cats have nine lives. Get it? It's about <laughs> death and rebirth. Yeah, but even then you're thinking about it too much because that is never stated. No, 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 because the, the bag, the bag rustling, it's like, oh, No, but I mean, like the, the nine room. lives thing, the nine lives thing never comes up. 
the, in some of the songs, I remember. I don't remember any of the songs verbatim because, like, how can you even keep track of anything happening? Oh but, boy! But I do remember hearing like, oh, like they had multiple lives. So is that part well, of the Jellical choice? <laughs> <laughs> is that what is happening there? Jellicals can and Jellicals do. <laughs> um, what is a Jellical? I, I don't know. <laughs> The je- they're a, it's a tribe of cats. They're the Jellicle cats. It's this tribe of cats. Here's the thing. The whole thing about Victoria being the new cat to the Jellicle tribe is made up. That is not in the play. Oh, okay. What the, the play fuck is do literally they do? just it just starts with them singing. They just go straight in the Jellicle cats. And we find out that this is the special night where old Deuteronomy <laughs> is going to pick one cat from the Jellicle tribe to be reborn, um, which is something that happens, apparently. <laughs> and Victoria is a character in it that she's like connective tissue. She's supposed to be the young, innocent cat of the tribe. And she dances in between a lot of the musical numbers. But that's really all it comes down to. There's like one other thing, but we'll get to that. But she doesn't have this arc of being brought into the tribe. They bring it up at the beginning and they bring it up at the end. That's an arc. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I'm, no, I'm there was, a, there was a little bit in the middle. <laughs> I think they were smart enough to do it at least three times. And then in the musical, they set up, they do the Jellicle Cat song, and then there's the naming of cats, where you learn that cats have three names. Uh, one from, you know, that their owners give them, one that is their actual name, and then one is a secret name that is never explained. Yeah, well, I was going to say, like, is that, is the secret name in the original musical? It is, but they don't say what it is. Like, oh. they just go, there's a secret name. Oh, so it's like the three lessons from The Last Jedi. The first two are exactly. from the story, the third one's from the audience. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's not wrong. You're not wrong. Oh, wow. That's the last time I'll mention a good movie on this one. Hey, now. And after, after that, I, I presume what happened next, because at some point I did lose track of time and space and my place <laughs> in, in, like, the universe. Um, it was a little bit like Twin Peaks, the ending, uh, where... Agent Cooper kind of stumbles out of down from the steps of Laura Palmer's former house and asks, what year is it? That was me stumbling out of the theater. <laughs> Just completely unaware. I, I lost control, like, of my spirit. I felt my spirit leave my body. Uh, I was levitating throughout the theater as the child kept counting the people in the audience. I think what happens next, if I remember correctly, is Victoria basically just, like, goes from place to place and, like, kind of... She's kind of brought along by different members of the Jellicle tribe. She quickly teams up uh, with uh, uh, Magical Mr. Mistopheles. Oh, yeah, he's the he's a magical cat. And everyone's yeah, he's like, the, oh! He's, ooh, the magical cat. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> um, and he's kind of like the one friendly one too. Where everyone else is kind of standoffish, but they they do start bringing her around all the different cats. And 
in the musical, it literally just goes like, the naming of cats, all right, now here's a parade of a bunch of different cats. <laughs> and that's the whole musical. There's no real connective tissue. <laughs> they just start going from different cat to different cat. And uh, the first one up is uh, <laughs> old Jenny Ellie Dots, the old Gumby cat, <laughs> played by Rebel Wilson. Which is possibly the worst note to start this movie on. You're not a fan of Rebel Wilson? Um, not only am I not a fan of Rebel Wilson, here's the thing, alright, I gotta say, I'm as much a fan of the Cats musical as you can be. <laughs> I, I am not a fan of the old Gumby cat. <laughs> and she is the first cat. <laughs> Wait, so like, and, in the musical, is it always like the same, like, procession? Or did they change yeah, it up yeah, for the movie? It, no, it's the exact order. They move a couple things around, I think. <laughs> um, but it's mostly the same order. Some characters are introduced... Like, like, I don't think... Like, here's the thing. Like, Magical Mr. Mistopheles will hang around in the background of a lot of the... Like, all these cats will just be around. They'll all join in on different songs. But they'll get singled out for their individual song, right? Um... I believe the old Gumby cat and, like, Bustopher Jones just show up and then fuck off immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's literally just a procession of different songs about cats. <laughs> and, they're like, really what they are, you know, they're songs kind of poking fun at the different nature of cats, you know? Like, oh, there's a lazy one. Oh, there's one that, that's very proud of himself. There's one that's rambunctious. There's one that's like, oh, my God, it does things. How did it do that? That's, the, that's why it's magical. And this movie takes those things and makes them entirely literal. <laughs> Where it's like Jenny Ellie Dots, the old Gumby cat, like she keeps... Everyone thinks the old Gumby cat is lazy, but it turns out she's actually, at night, she does a lot of work keeping the mice and cockroaches in order. And oh boy, do we see that. <laughs> so I was not prepared for more than just hideous mutant cat people. I know. What I did not expect was mice people singing and dancing for her pleasure, and then she says, dinner and a show, and a mm -hmm. chill went down my spine. Yes. Uh, and then it gets worse. Before it gets worse, those, those mice children people, they looked like Ratatouille, which was the rip-off movie of Ratatouille. <laughs> Look it up, people. You'll know what I'm talking about. That's how... That's the... <laughs> suddenly, the cat people look really good compared <laughs> to the mice people. But it's got nothing on what comes next. We start seeing little roach people. Just dozens, if not hundreds of them. Why couldn't they have just been roaches? I, just, I don't know. I don't know why anything happened in this movie. She eats the roach people a little bit. Oh, there's multiple casualties. Uh, and I don't... I don't think anyone understood what they were doing with these decisions. Fucking and count I, me in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just... It was unsettling. Like, it's very uneasy to watch because of how the cat people look. But once yeah. I started eating smaller people, it was just unsavory. And then I started laughing again. 
Yeah, and then she unzipped her her flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Hellraiser, like. <laughs> and she's got a got a, another outfit underneath. And I didn't know that they were gonna do that. I had no idea. Does she do that in the play? No, <laughs> they they basically have like if you look them up, like they basically just wear clothing. Like, with patterns on it that kind of resemble cats, you know? What was wrong with that? I don't know. Instead, it looks like people ate very tight leotards. And occasional jackets. Mm. They are all so hard to look at. I'm pretty sure some were just like, wrap this CG around the unitards. I really, I honestly think that they just, because here's the thing, what, part of what makes this movie so great is that every actor really seems committed. Like, they clearly believed in what they were doing, so they clearly had no idea what it was going to look like. (laughs) I'm just, like, getting flashes of the experience. There's a movie, there's a giant monster movie called uh, The Giant Claw. Um, and if you watch it, it takes itself very seriously and all the actors play it really straight. And then when you see what the giant monster looks like, it's like a goofy marionette looking like vulture thing. It's like, it looks like a cartoon and everyone keeps reacting to it. Like it's a real thing. (laughs) That's what this movie is for two hours. (laughs) (laughs) But it's scary. Like oh oh, it, it is utterly, a, utterly terrifying. It's a horrible nightmare that you can't wake up from. Yeah, and it just doesn't stop. <laughs> but it like I didn't want it to stop at times. Like it was just well, because here's the thing: if it had stopped, it would have just settled into like a boring movie at some point. Yeah. So, for the first. I would say hour. It really does manage to keep up this momentum of being like, what the fuck are they doing? (laughs) And, uh, they go, I mean, from right from the old Gumby cat, we go into the Rum Tum Tugger. (laughs) Oh, he's the curious cat, right? (laughs) No, no. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The Rum Tum Tugger is a curious cat. Yeah, uh, Jason Derulo as Rum Tum Tugger. I know this because there are a lot of headlines saying Jason Derulo as Rum Tum Tugger was unhappy that they CGI'd his penis out of the unitard suit for the um, cat body. That's, I mean, to be honest, he at least understood the character. <laughs> Have you seen what the Rum Tum Tugger looks like in the musical? No, I don't Go- ever want to know. More. Google it right now. My hands are, like, trembling. I'm scared. Google the Rum Tum Tugger. Rum Tum Tugger Cats musical. Oh. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um. So he's not the, he's not really the curious cat. He's the cat who fucks. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I got that vibe. Uh, uh, pour, the, pour one out for the Rum Tum Tugger. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. And yeah, he he's clearly got like a cabal of like fans, I guess we'll call them. Oh yeah, no, all the women cat cats, they love him. 
I love the Rum Tum Tugger, even though he's kind of, he's also a bit of a shit. I mean, that's the whole thing. I think everyone is like, every single one of these cat songs, they're like, oh, well, I've got a quirky personality and I'm kind of an asshole. I'm kind of, I'm a little bit of a loose cannon, you know, I don't play by the rules. That's and, certainly there in the musical, but this movie takes a much more judgmental stance, I would say. Um, because it has this other weird thing where fucking McCavity the Mystery Cat, played by Idris Elba, is like Satan. <laughs> which isn't in the musical. Though that whole thing is not there. That whole thing is not in the musical. Oh my god. Him, him like, kidnapping people, him, like, he, like you know, he's someone who's <laughs> kind of, they're frightened of him, but he is not, like, this recurring villain. Oh my god, this is, this is a perfect film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every decision's, like, just keeps making it worse and worse. I know. This is, this is the experience, this is the cinematic experience of 2019. It really is. This is the movie, people. <laughs> Go see it. Oh, oh yeah, Rum Tum Tugger though. Like, so there's like this cabal of of uh, female cats that are following him around, and you know they like they're supposed to look like all into him with like the doe eyed like look and everything like that, but they keep like overextending that. And if you look so often in the background, because Tom Hooper doesn't know how to frame a shot to save his fucking life, there's all these people making that same face like all the time. <laughs> And everyone looks like they're borderline, like, heading into comatose through ecstasy. Uh, they looked like me in the theater, because I took some painkillers before seeing this. <laughs> oh, God. No, I only had a beer in the parking lot, because I'm an adult. Here's the thing. Mixing painkillers, a, uh, a Coca-Cola, an entire pack of Skittles, and cats <laughs> is not a great idea. <laughs> Everyone just looked like they were, like, stoned, which is something that happens eventually in the film. I mean, honestly, if you look up some clips from the musical, there's some images like that on stage. Where everyone looks like they're mid-orgasming, like everyone has their O-face on. Yeah, especially from the VHS version, everyone's really, like, mugging to the camera and shit. Oh, God. And, but that's that, that's kind of the fun of it. Like, you know, when it's on stage, there's a different vibe. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, but here it's like, oh my god! <laughs> and it's 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 weird because it it feels like they just filmed the stage musical, added a plot to try and give it some sort of narrative thrust, which doesn't exist. There is no thrust. In uh, in, I hope not. In <laughs> in the stage version. But then it is, like, edited by someone having a stroke. <laughs> and it's... The lighting is, like, a a football stadium. It's, like, an arena, which, like, if you... Even the music, even the stage version, it's, like, dark and mysterious at times. And here it's, like, so fucking bright that it looks creepy all the time. Like, you, you know? probably could have hidden a lot of this in shadow and stuff like that. Like, even the fucking McCavity the Mystery Cat is, like, fully exposed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was, like, um, 
uh, we, we've all seen The Irishman at this point, but there was, I think, some modestly valid criticism in regards to certain aspects of the de-aging. Not entirely. I think people that rag on that too much are, don't, like, get the film, but whatever. Like, every once in a while, I'm like, yeah, you probably could have shot that in, like, lower light or whatever. That problem is nothing <laughs> compared the- to Cats. That that minor issue that some people take with it, I should say. Not a problem. An issue, like Cats... That. Cats makes Tarkin in Rogue One look like the Irishman. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh my god! They just took the human body, strapped them into like a James Bond villain torture machine, and stretched like cat molecules over their skin. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't look natural, and at times I can't tell. Like, the mapping isn't right. So, like, when they they have their close-up and they're, like, headed... The camera's, like, pointed directly at their face. Their faces look, like, pushed in like a pug, almost. But here's the thing. If you're a big Hollywood studio and you're going to do this, right? You're supposed to, like, test the technology first. How? What? Like, did what, what? What happened when the first test footage came back? Like, how did no one see this? <laughs> That's what confuses me. At the end of the day, like someone should have said something, and they clearly didn't see this coming because, like, they were clearly taken aback by the reaction of the first trailer. Whereas, like, a- anyone that watched it, like, died. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, My favorite little bit after that, that first, like, that early run of press tour was Tom Hooper was going, like, he was going around saying, like, well, the CGI wasn't done. <laughs> <laughs> and now that I've seen it, I'm like, okay, but it's still not done then. It's if still that- not done, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> you... Oh my god. I do feel bad because there must have been a point where they realized they couldn't fix this. Yeah, I mean, like, the close-up... The, the really bad CG is is the close-up of Mr. Mistopheles. I can't remember. I can't believe I remember his name. When he's doing the magic trick and he's getting his solo in the finale. Oh, yeah. And his hand, his human hand, just <laughs> popping out. <laughs> I couldn't oh. stop laughing. Like, there's a point where I was like, I finally just lulled into the film and I was like okay I'm laughing but I'm doing it internally now so I don't ruin this for everyone else and then I, other people kept laughing too so I was like okay I could let it out once in a while but by the end I was just dying again yeah I couldn't I'm lucky it was an empty theater although I probably <laughs> wouldn't have contained myself because I was laughing I couldn't like for the first I had to look away <laughs> during the Gumby Cat song because that was just so disturbing but like I was constantly like oh my god Jesus. <laughs> uh, and that's when, shortly after uh, the Rum Tum Tugger, I believe, I couldn't have the order off. Yeah, well, the, the but, milk bar. Uh, the milk bar first. Well, oh, the milk bar. Oh, milk. He yells <laughs> milk. Yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> they lick They lick up the milk. Um, <laughs> And I guess now would be the time to talk about it. A lot of people are talking about how fucking horny this movie is. Um, to be honest, 
All right. Let's take a couple steps back. <laughs> I'm I'm horrified now. Because here's the thing. Oh my God. I can't explain it. But there is something in human DNA. Because it goes back to ancient Egypt. What? Where, where on some level, we're like, what if cat but people? (laughs) 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 And, like, it's not an outlier. Like, you could talk about, like, like, furries or whatever the fuck you want. But, like, the amount of anime out there with cat ear characters... (laughs) Or whatever the fuck they call them. Like, the fact that the biggest inspiration for the Na'vi and Avatar was cats. And a lot of people didn't hide the fact that they were horny for the Na'vi. So there's something going on with people. And I'm not here to judge. Whatever. I there's I, On some level, I understand. <laughs> My god, what is happening? Cat ears are a little weird to me. I gotta be honest, though. Yeah, I, I'm. I don't get it. But it, it. Someone out there is into it, and it's not an. And I, I think to pretend it's not a mainstream thing is doing it a disservice. <laughs> <laughs> but having seen this movie, I frankly didn't find it that horny. <laughs> But I gotta. I think if you have a, if you have certain kinks, um, if for some reason you like someone on all fours lapping something up, <laughs> I got a window into some of your lives, people. <laughs> and hey, I, I, I'm all for it. Free country. It's the best. You do you. <laughs> But that's who this appeals to. Because <laughs> these cats are a monstrosity and need to be put down. <laughs> and they even, I, I think there was a, an attempt to cut down on the sexiness because uh, they were clearly waiting for Taylor Swift to come into the thing. And there's a couple shots in this movie where she's like shaking her ass and stuff. And they clearly zoomed in on her so you wouldn't see it. <laughs> did you notice that? I did. Like, which well, honestly actually, could could just be poor directing decisions from Tom Hooper. Yeah, I was going to say, like, honestly, like, I kind of got the same vibe too, but I was like, oh shit, like, the rest of the movie, like, the dude can't keep heads in frames. And he's not conveying any, like, emotional state or, like, state of mind with that. Like, he's just, he just keeps doing that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Everything yeah. is shot at an extreme close-up, medium close-up, or so wide you can barely see the cat people in the distance. Yes, and it's it's like he did all the wrong ones. Because the camera should not get this close to any of them. Yeah, oh, good lord. No. But it shouldn't be so far away that you can't tell what the fuck is happening. And... You honestly, that's why, like, right after the milk scene, it really comes into sharp focus how wrong his decisions are. Because we get to Grizabella, the glamour cat, um, played by, uh, oh god, what's her name? Um, Jennifer Hudson. 
who fucking pours her all into the role. God. And she gets the showstopper. Memory is the song where it's like, I, you know, you probably now despise everything associated with cats. But take a listen to the soundtrack every now and then. Memory is a really good song. And but the musical side, let's never cut away from her face. <laughs> As it seems to drift off her head somehow. <laughs> and she and she, they she pours her all into it. Um Alright, what did you think of Grizabella? Uh, Grizabella um I I don't understand like her she had a connection to rum tum not rum tum tugger excuse me mccavity that's not in the musical okay oh so in the musical she's just like a loner in the musical she was a member of the jellicle cats and like left at some point and abandoned the tribe and she like you know she thought very highly because she was the glamour cat and now she's like a street urchin (laughs) She's like a Dickensian street urchin. And so they all shun her because she's like disgusting and she abandoned the tribe. Honestly, um, if Rum Tum Tugger wasn't there, I would be questioning the racial politics of cats quite a bit. Oh, yes. <laughs> this movie seems to imply that she uh, was a sex worker. Uh, oh, you know what? I still question it a little bit because Rum Tum Tugger is just like, oh, he's a cool dude who fucks a lot of, of women. A cat You woman. can't stop him from fucking. Yeah. Um, which you know the Rum Tum Tugger. He's uncontrollable. Yeah, which in and of itself raises some flags. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, you have Grizabella, who, who's an outcast uh, and played by a, another black actor. And then... And the cavity who is Satan. <laughs> McCavity, who's not only Satan, but later in the Taylor Swift song, this is when I perked up again, was like, what the fuck? Was when she was like, he's committed every crime known to man. And I yes. was like, no! And they drug everyone with the catnip. It's it's dealing with some very heavy subject matter that clearly no Which one... Which is, is not in the musical. What? It's not? No! I stand by it. This is a perfect film. McCavity is just a mystery cat. Like, he's a criminal, (laughs) but he's not like Satan. (laughs) Like, here's the thing. If I list all the names of the cats, it's really like the glamour cat, the mystery cat, the railway cat, the old actor cat. Like, that's literally what they are. (laughs) There's nothing more to them. Um. <laughs> oh no! This this fucking movie. It's... I gotta tell you though, we haven't even gotten to my boy. <laughs> no. The, the giant shadow appears. Oh, I thought of you immediately when that happened. I was like, oh, and this into is the movie. <laughs> Here we go! Ha ha! <laughs> Bustopher Jones, the cat about town himself. <laughs> And here's where the changes come in, where Bustopher Jones comes in. (laughs) 
And he's like, I'm not skin and bones. In fact, I'm incredibly fat. Like that's which which are kind of the lyrics, but in the in the musical, Buster Jones comes in and the other cats sing it. So, uh, in fact, uh, Taylor Swift's character, Bombalarina, I think is her name. Let me check. Uh, uh, yes, Bombalarina. She sings a lot of the songs. Like, she sings the Rum Tum Tonger with, like, a group. And she sings Bustover Jones with, like, a group. So, but in this one, they just give everyone's individual songs to the characters. <laughs> and so Bustover Jones sings his own strong song. And it's like he thinks very highly of himself. Which is true in the musical, but it's also, like, everyone does kind of, like, like... Here it's like, oh, Buster Jones, that old fat fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It's very mean to him. And in the other one, it's kind of like, yeah, he's fat, but he's a fancy gentleman guy. (laughs) (laughs) And here it's like he's a piece of shit who eats out of the trash. (laughs) Um, Did they add the mustache? I, I couldn't tell you. I I've don't lost, remember the mustache in the trailer. I've lost all sense of reality. I don't know what's real, what's cat real. There's some interesting, like, choreography with the Bustover Jones song. I think he, he looks terrible. <laughs> you think? He looks fine when he has the top hat and coat. Which, by the way, when he hands off the top hat, it suddenly grows, like, three times larger than it was. There's no sense of scale. In yeah. any of this, like not even that, like not to derail your your excellent Buster <laughs> Jones uh, tirade, obviously, but like there's so many. Look what instances... they did to my boy! <laughs> they massacred my boy. There's so many instances of like just so obviously shooting on like the wrong lens, and it like it makes the shapes almost like abstract nightmare fuel. <laughs> like it makes them look like like certain cats tower over others, but then you get the why. <laughs> they're all just the same size. <laughs> oh, I just got that image of Buster Jones rolling in the can. Oh my god! And it just it just. It doesn't get any better. Oh, it doesn't. Oh, it never does. Oh, it never does. It never does. Um, But I think what the film is trying to go for... (laughs) What is it going for, Diego? Um, You brought up McCavity as Satan. So... (laughs) He's tempting these people with sin, right? Oh, I think you got the your handle on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, the, the first cat... I forget what, what he does for Rebel Wilson's character to get her attention. He just, like, goes like, Oh, hey, um, you actually should be famous. Nope. Boom. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> and, yeah, and then he gets busted for Jones with gluttony. And yeah. then... Um, he doesn't get Rum Tum Tugger, right? No, Rum Tum Tugger, like, he gets drugged, but he doesn't get taken away. Yeah, I mean, it's right there. Like, that's the most obvious. There's no consistency, because, like, they might have been doing, like, a Seven Deadly Sins thing, but 
uh, they do, like, pride, and then they just take the railway cat for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> and then old Deuteronomy gets taken. And that's it. Yeah. Again, and... it's like The Last Jedi. It does half the lessons, and then the rest they... is for the audience. Did they cut Growl Tiger's song? Because I, like, I, I did have to use the bathroom at one point. No, Growl Tiger, that's a... Oh, who is that? Um, uh, Ray actor, Winstone. <laughs> Ray Winstone as Captain Growl Tiger. No, he does get a song in this. He like I, I saw the part where he sang very briefly, so they did do his full number at some point. It's, uh, like, I guess... He, he does sing for a minute there. It's nothing extravagant. Hold on, I'm just going to look at the soundtrack. See if uh, it's listed. It is yeah. not listed on the soundtrack. Oh, so maybe he doesn't get like a full... Thing. Yeah, they might, but they he definitely sings for like a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he, he did for like half a second, and then they they went away. Um, someone must have said, "Tom Hooper, this can't be over two hours." <laughs> uh, oh, and then my my two favorites come in, and I'll be honest, this was like the one number like I actually enjoyed at the start. Uh, I enjoyed um, Mongo Jerry and Rumble Teaser. <laughs> I didn't really like the look of them, but that was like the one song where I'm like, "All right, they kind of got it." <laughs> um, that's probably the least like. No, that's still terrifying because there's because <laughs> then it hits you with like, "Oh yeah," and there's a dog too. Oh and yeah, just, well, I don't, the images I don't... started flooding into my mind, and part of me was like horrified by the prospect of it. And the other half was like, show it. Show it! Which I uh, also don't believe is in the play. Oh, so they're just going completely off the book. Yeah, I don't know what anyone was thinking. Anytime they stop for dialogue, it's not in the play. Oh, wow. It's literally just wall the walks. Honestly, the, the play is an excuse to watch people dance. Because they just say the same thing over and over again. <laughs> like, there's very few lyrics to any of these songs. And which is why, like, after Mungo Jerry and Rumble Teaser, who end up being villains in this, um, in the other one, they show up and they get chased off in the play, but they don't, like, fuck over Victoria. Like, again, she is not central to any of these numbers in the, in the play version. Uh. It, it, she just will, like, dance in between them, usually. <laughs> and then we get, uh, old Deuteronomy shows up. Played by Dame Judy Dench. Oh, the the old couple next to me was like, "Oh, that's Judy Dench." But <laughs> they said it before Judy Dench showed up. Do you know what character they said that during? Mm. Like during their introduction. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so when they introduced McCavity. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I heard the old guy go, "Is that Judy Dench?" <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Um, wow, oh, wow, man. wow. Uh, <laughs> holy shit. I, I, I gotta point out, you know who played, uh, do you wanna know who played Old Deuteronomy in the, uh, in the stage version? Oh god, I have no idea who. Brian Blessed. I actually, I actually don't know off the top of my head. Boss Nass! Oh my god! <laughs> oh so, shit. <laughs> a male, a male actor. It's normally male in the play version. Don't know what? why it was changed. 
Well, hey, it's progressive. And then we get invited to the Jellicle Ball. <laughs> which, uh, I believe they combined, like, there's, there's like, a Jellicle Ball and then the reprise of the Jellicle Ball, and I think they just combined both of them. Oh, okay. Because that, that number went on forever. <laughs> <laughs> of just people dancing. Well, like, I gotta... I have to say that there was a point where I was like, please, let me out. Because <laughs> it just kept going, and, like, the dancing is not... Like, I've already said, like, it's not cut together well, like, at all, so you can't get, like, any sort of vibe from the performance at all. Like, the dan- dancing is, like... This is not even, like, an exciting note, but dancing is an expression of self, you know? And yeah. I, all these people just, like shake their hips and shoulders at each other a lot. They the just time. jump around a lot. And there's lots of leg lifting. I think that's why people think it's so horny. Because honestly, yeah. I, I wasn't getting that vibe either, but the leg thing. Like, even Judy Dench does at one point, and I was like, fuck. Oh, Christ. yeah, that was weird. That was yeah. that was incredibly weird. Yeah. Um, like, I don't understand. I just don't understand anything anymore. Yeah, it was not... Um... The thing, another thing, takes it back. Like, even if the choreography was good, it's not interesting to look at because they just have like CGI over them. <laughs> like, it might as well have been animated, you know? Yeah. Like, it's so it's so stupid that they thought this is a drastic miscalculation. <laughs> Honestly, this like I I wouldn't I would never endorse this under regular circumstances. But this called for, like, some Polar Express-style, like, <laughs> performance capture, like, overlay. But that, that uh, medium died a horrible death. Yes, it so, did. What was the last uh, one that did that? Do you remember? Mars Needs Moms. Oh. Because that bombed so hard. Oh, Because no. they were getting ready to do... They were going to do Yellow Submarine. They were going to do a, a performance capture version of Yellow Submarine... Which, to be honest, I honestly kind of want to see what that would have looked like. But that got canceled as soon as Mars Needs Moms bombed. And then that also caused like a chain reaction where they decided the reason why Mars Needs Moms bombed was because it had Mars in the title. Oh, that's right. they, They took Mars out of John Carter. And then that movie bombed. Which, I mean, I don't know, but... Yeah, Didn't that one kind of had an uphill battle. Didn't help. Yeah. Uh, I got to give this dance number some credit, though. Oh, then we get... Because that kind of, like, gives a reset to the movie. <laughs> um, we get Victoria's song, which is the original song that Taylor Swift wrote for the movie. Taylor Swift wrote it, but does not perform it. Wait, What? Yeah, because Victoria does not sing in the musical. She just dances. Oh. Oh, my so, brain. All the Victoria's singing is no. Uh, and I feel bad for that actress because I guess this is like her first movie. Oh, it's, oh, no. But don't worry. No one will recognize you under the terrifying CGI fur capture. Yeah, to date, I have no idea what she looks like. Um, yeah, hey, uh, sorry, girl, I don't know your name. Uh, Something Hayward? Francesca Hayward. There you go. 
She she has a hell of a voice. Everyone in this in oh. can sing. It doesn't have oh, a yeah. problem Lay Miz has, where it's like oh, I don't know. Shit. I was underwhelmed by uh, Jason Derulo. I don't. I'm not really familiar with him. Um, and I did not like uh, Rebel Wilson. Oh okay. no, okay, Rebel Wilson. Yeah, and, it's not not great. And uh, I'll be honest, he was better than I expected. But I still think James Corden was probably a mistake for Bustopher Jones. I just think James Corden is in general a mistake. Like, yeah, but real. you know what? Considering how much I despise him and how much I was like, oh okay, during his whole number, <laughs> uh, it was okay. I hated when they stopped to do like some Seth MacFarlane awkward comedy. Where he's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about my weight because they can't launch me into the air." Oh, and yeah. the 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 problem is, there's a line in the song where Buster Jones goes, "Or I'm a bounder," or something like that, which is the line to have when he's bounding through the air. And instead, they did it on a different line, and he flies up into the air and then lands on his nuts, which makes you have to think about cat nuts. There's also a fixing joke. Oh my god, that's right. I just can't keep up with all this movie. I know, there's 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 so much. Uh this honestly, this movie is tailor made for get together with some friends. It's like fucking B movie. Like <laughs> just endless baffling choices. <laughs> yeah, but B movie is is capitalist propaganda. Cats is just oh my god! There's almost a trilogy there. With B movie, C for cats. You need something for A. Um, ants with Woody Allen. I don't oh, know. is that is that not good? Um, it's not great. <laughs> uh, it looks awful. That's the main problem. Uh, but I I'm not gonna fucking talk about ants. <laughs> Uh fuck. I've never looked up anything on Woody Allen. Do people not like him anymore or what? Um, I don't know. Womp, womp. Uh but yeah, this is not It's it's, it's uh, hard it's hard to keep talking about this like a normal movie because then, it's not. <laughs> but here's something after all that nonsense, after all that shit, <laughs> something amazing happens. We get two good songs in a row. Do we? We get Gus the Theater Cat. Which, I'll be honest, I was like, oh my god, Ian McKellen's really good. <laughs> I kind of loved Ian McKellen as Gus the Theater Cat. And I think what helps is that he's wearing a jacket. Maybe. But I really liked his performance. Where he's like the washed up actor cat. Where he's like, oh, I still got it. But then he gets tempted away for some reason. We are the future Charles, not them. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Should have killed me when you had the chance. <laughs> um. <laughs> he's the servant of the secret fire. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Oh my god! Uh, but the, the the other favorite song of yours? Um, well, I wouldn't say a favorite. I just liked that these were like the two songs I enjoyed in the movie. 
Because um, then we get Skimbleshanks the Railway Cat. Which is just a bunch of tap dancing. He's got a hat. He's wearing overalls. It's fun. <laughs> That's where the but, movie like almost started to lose me a little bit. Yeah, it, it's, it's a problem because it gets kind of okay for a minute. <laughs> which is a problem. Because <laughs> up until that point, it has been trash. <laughs> but then... Oh... <laughs> Moon on the rise. <laughs> Taylor Swift making, I think it's her cinematic debut. I think so. Holy shit, let me check. She was in Valentine's Day. And oh. a, movie, a movie called The Giver. Oh, The Giver. Oh my gosh, she was in The Giver? Yeah. I, just I saw her, that her movie. I, I, I saw The Giver. That. Oh, no. oh, and uh, she was also in another Waffle Press favorite. The Lorax. Oh, oh my god, you're right! <laughs> oh, I just died. Oh, my heart, my heart, it stopped. Oh my god. She's like an older woman who wants to fuck a boy in the Lorax. She's like, I want to see what trees look like. Let it die, let it die. <laughs> It's the evil version of that friendship in Gravity Falls between Dipper and Wendy. That's what that is. Remember when everyone wanted to fuck the Onceler? <laughs> no, I did not oh, know you that. Don't. <laughs> no, I didn't know that until I saw someone talking about the Onceler fandom on Twitter, and I was like, "What's that?" And then they sent me like, "Have you ever seen uh, Tumblr fan art for like horny characters?" And I was just like, "What?" <laughs> Like, it, How it was bad a revelation. Ad can I be? I'm just helping the economy. <laughs> Dr. Seuss is rolling in his grave. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so well, she doesn't have the best filmography to go off of. No. This doesn't help. <laughs> I bet you she's the reason this movie got made. Oh, yeah, once they got her on board. Like, like there's no way this will fail. <laughs> and we that's when we go into McCavity. And he drugs everyone. And they kidnap old Deuteronomy. And it tur- he, he wants to ascend to heaven, the heaven side place, to be reborn. And she's like, no. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to throw you off a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't laugh anymore. I'm t- it hurts. But believe me, it is uh, it is something to behold. Yeah, and then uh, magical Mr. Mistopheles. Uh, they get they give him his song, which is like the second best song in the musical. It's not good here, and he actually he magics Old Deuteronomy back, which does not happen in the play. You know what I. I liked the setup of that. I'm like, hey, this is like some decent setup and payoff. Sure. Like, I'm I'm trying here. I'm really stretching. But I, I think it's like the most okay thing in the movie. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. That, by this point, I have like died several times. <laughs> yeah. I've ascended to the heaven side place. 
and come back. Dude, old Deuteronomy comes back, and that's when Victoria uh, brings in Grizabella, and she gets to sing Memory. Um, which also, that kind of happens in the play. In the play, Grizabella just walks in, and Victoria is the first one to, like, accept her. Because um, she's, yeah, Victoria's supposed to represent, like, innocence. And then Victoria accepts her, and then everyone starts to accept Grizabella. Um, in this one, she, she, like, brings her in. It's more, like, active. Uh, but she sings Memory, and Old Deuteronomy uh, chooses her to ascend which you know it's I, I it's supposed to be like a positive thing <laughs> but in both the play and this movie it always feels like the ending to the wicker man <laughs> <laughs> like it feels like she's just been sacrificed <laughs> especially when they show like this one it makes it very clear she flies up in a balloon <laughs> Was the balloon keeps, not in the play? No, in the play, she re- literally just like uh, ascends. Oh my god! I think in the play, she just like walks up some stairs and then disappears. Okay, so this is spoilers for the Rise of Skywalker. So just a heads <laughs> up. <laughs> but in the end, where Palpatine is talking to Rey and it's just them, and he's like, "Make the sacrifice." Uh, that is the exact vibe. Oh yes, with her going up into the balloon. It's a good double feature. It no, it wasn't. Palpatine's <laughs> behind it all. <laughs> Unlimited. Oh God! Wow. Ian McDermott, like just fucking yelling out of a cat's body. Oh my God! Now that. That would have been an incredible ending. Uh, but yeah, that was... Um, I I felt like I lost myself after watching well, that movie. It's almost over. Because <laughs> then we have to do the addressing of cats, which is here's the most unsettling and baffling decision in the movie for me. <laughs> is that for the majority of this song... Dame Judy Dench looks directly into the camera with her creepy cat face and sings to the audience. I yelled. Like, the way we're laughing here now, I did the same thing. I just went like, ha! Like, I was like, ah! Ah! <laughs> yeah. I just couldn't believe it. And it was like, everyone was talking about how Mr. Rogers like looks directly at the camera in that movie. And this is like the opposite of that. <laughs> Oh man! And then the movie ends, and directed by Tom Hooper. And the song—I don't know what the names of any of the songs, but the song they use is like all upbeat and like kind of jazzy. So I was just completely thrown off balance. Like I could not place my emotions when the credits were rolling because I was trying to like gather myself, but I was like, "This is just—I'm not." I thought they played. it might have been the Jellicle Ball, but I was—I did not pay attention to the... I ran out of the theater. Yeah. Um, I needed to leave. Yeah. Oh, and Victoria is a, uh, a Jellicle. Oh, yeah, that happened. Yeah, Deuteronomy goes like, you are a Jellicle cat. And then they rub you... heads together, and that's it. 
You are the Quizarts Haderach. <laughs> uh, anyways, I've never That's had a, a Dune. Stroke. It's a Dune reference. Okay. Uh, check out Dune 2020. A year yeah, from or, now, or, actually. Or just watch David Lynch's Dune. Or, or yeah, do that too. Oh, that would make an excellent double feature. He who controls the spice controls the universe. There you go. B movie, Cats and Dune. Good enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, mankind. I feel like Doctor Manhattan. You know. Mm-hmm. Where it's like I am both ten and fifty years old at the same time. Did you ever see that clip of uh, Hayao Miyazaki, where those guys show him like the CGI thing, <laughs> and and he's like, "This is a mockery to human life." Yeah, it's like I think this is an insult to life itself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> but. Where I disagree with Miyazaki is that we are at a point where humanity must be mocked. <laughs> we must stare and pass through the looking glass. Cats is what we deserve. On other podcast episodes and other podcasts in general, I have been mentioning that the the onset of critical bombs and box office bombs that have been kind of happening this year for anybody not named Disney... I think are a good thing because we do have to learn from our mistakes. It's very unfortunate for the people that worked on them, but you know, it's just given the state of the the film industry, it's time to clean house. And uh, with that in mind, cats is a perfect film because it is exactly what it needed to be a complete and utter once in a generation disaster of unmitigated proportions I've heard this has like been debunked, but I remember reading a report that was like cats might cost of might have cost like upwards of two hundred million dollars. It says ninety five million on the Wikipedia. Okay, um, but that's still like that's not gonna happen. That's not gonna make it back. Yeah, I mean it, it might break even, but that's honestly only if like word of mouth turns this into like showgirls, <laughs> where it's like we, like everyone has to go see this nightmare. <laughs> And I'm willing to bet, like, a couple years from now, it'll be one of those movies where everyone's going to, like, midnight screenings, wearing, like, cat ears and shit. Oh, God. I would watch this again in theaters in a heartbeat. Oh, same. Um, I would do it. I got You gotta get in early, though, before it becomes, like, The Room, where it just attracts assholes. Oh, yeah, where it's like, I, I'm not having fun anymore. But, yeah, it, this is... I'm very glad this exists. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's... I'm glad it's here. And like there there's so many other smarter ways they could have done this movie and then it just would have been a boring movie. Like we would have been I would have we probably would have had the fun talking about how the plot doesn't really make any sense, but that's it. But here it's like no 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 we're going to layer like seven more terrible decisions <laughs> on top of it. And it was beautiful. Yeah, it's it's the most uh, satisfied. No, no, that's not true. There's like a lot of great movies out like this fall, thankfully. Because um, I was kind of questioning some things. Oh before, yeah, yeah. There's so, before, there's been a fall. lot of good small movies this year. Yeah, yeah. Some 
some bigger All right, with ones. the other movie that came out this weekend, which one you recommend then? I can't recommend either to everyone, you know? Like, I can't tell my my godparents those are kind of that's kind of my litmus litmus test for like how popular movies are if they ask me about it i can't recommend either one to them because they're just not those kind of viewers but i would you gotta give them one you gotta give them one oh fuck um i want them to watch cats then because (laughs) because like they saw the favorite like i know for sure i brought this up on some podcast oh yeah yes yeah, the, the, they had the favorite experience, and they were just like, I don't get it. And I was like, I wouldn't have told you to watch that, but I'm glad you did. So if I could get something like that again, I think that would be totally worth everything. <laughs> oh, my God. I My, my uh, godfather loves watching movies on holidays. I'm going to try to convince him to go to Cats. Oh, my God. Just have him come back pissed off and be like, what the fuck were you? <laughs> like... He's not an angry dude, but I want to see if I can get him there just, just by recommending dis- a movie. Just have him disown you. Yeah, <laughs> that that would be fun um, for a moment, and then I'd be like, "Wait, no." But yeah, Cats, twenty nineteen, Tom Hooper. Um maybe maybe the the best cinematic experience I've had this size of Knives Out and Parasite. Because I was in the perfect crowd for those movies too. But uh you know, there's a difference with these. So mm-hmm. uh, final thoughts. Uh God bless America. Uh, sorry, Idris Elba. Just, I just feel like you deserve more, and everyone else in this. But hey, it happens. Matt, where can the people find you? I'm at Emperor OTN at Twitter.com, and you can find me at Twitter.com as well at the Diego Crespo. Check out the Waffle Press on Twitter, YouTube, but SoundCloud. Before we go, oh no, I would like to wish my podcasting partner. A Merry Christmas. Okay, thanks. Merry Christmas because to you too. This this is a lot of fun, this podcast. Sorry for the delays on the other stuff, but uh everything is awful. <laughs> so uh it'll it'll happen. I have complete and utter faith in us. By the way, I'm gonna have to delay our next recording. <laughs> A new day has begun. Bye. Bye, everyone. And Merry Christmas. 
and a happy new year. Ha <laughs> ha!